Hello, friends. Welcome to World Build Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds. Fantastical worlds. With help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with recently ravished Chris Prunty, along with our extra special guest, Daniel Quinn. In today's episode, we are kind of uh, like good old pair of jeans that have been stretched and worn out, or a nice sweater, you know, that's got like stretched here. We're, we're going to sit relaxed, comfort, you know, like I'm, I'm leaning back a little bit. So excuse the old hog's leg. Yeah, well, w- no, no, <laughs> careful, no. But we're going to be talking about the process of world building. We're going to be talking about just how we do it and the journey that our podcast has taken in the last 20 episodes. Because, guys, we've done 20 episodes so far, and that's pretty crazy to me. Go team. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I would have never thought that we'd have done 20 episodes or that we would have gotten, like, you know, Followers. listeners. Yeah. yeah. I, I was genuinely impressed and excited when people started listening and we got we got emails and stuff you from got people. emails yeah. what they yeah. say We're like thanking us for podcasts oh. and like offering suggestions and stuff like that wow. and i don't know no like, death threats yet oh, uh, that's when you're famous yeah. you Ex- exactly threats. like that's that's actually the cool thing about about the podcast is genuine support that comes from people who listen and Admittedly, we are a tiny, literally nothing podcast that gets dozens of, of listens per week. But they can't all be our moms. Exactly. Yeah. My mom doesn't know how to work podcasts. So actually, <laughs> hold on, maybe. There might be some credence to that, actually. Because she doesn't know how if she's starting the podcast. Yeah, that's probably what's happening, actually. <laughs> our numbers are alive. Uh, I'm no. downloading it, but nothing's happening. Mom, you're downloading oh god. Over no and over yeah. now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, Chris and I started this podcast back in, oh man, is it August now? August. Uh, just kind of as a lark and just me going up to him one day and be like, hey, Chris, you want to start a podcast? And he's like, sure. What's it about? I'm like, I don't know. World building, I guess. And so. Son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and thus our podcast was born. You had me at world. <laughs> yeah, no, we had him at podcast. Uh <laughs> So as you can probably tell, the first audio, or, or so, so here's the deal. The audio for that first episode is hot garbage because one, uh, we're using really, we're using a Yeti and two, I'm using Audacity. We've upgraded our equipment pretty significantly since then. Was it one Yeti and just Audacity? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was real bad. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just Chris and I back then. And obviously we've added a third member with Daniel Quinn, obviously, cause he's been our special guest for the last like four episodes, I think four mm-hmm. or five maybe. And, uh, yeah. So there's been that, Yeah. but it's been a really fun experience. And honestly, I just love doing world build shit. Like we literally sat down at that first podcast with no idea what the fuck to do. And it shows. Uh, and, and like by episode like four, I feel like we really started to kind of get into it a little bit better. And with like a, with a, with an was idea. Was that Hondasa? Yeah. I think Hondasa is where we actually started to get our shit together. Mm. And don't get me wrong. I feel like 30 episodes from now, if we continue to do this, we're going to be like, oh wow, we had no idea what we were doing yeah. 30 episodes ago. But even still, like I'm actually really happy with what we've done so far. And for this episode, I really wanted to sit down and talk about like 
what we do in order to world build. And I think that part of the appeal of this podcast in general is to sit and listen to us bullshit and kind of come up with really cool ideas as we go. I just like soaking up as much media as possible and usually then either thinking about what I would like to do or how did they get there and what references are they making? Like seeing uh, Dr. Sleep and how it references uh, The Shining. Like seeing where you get from point A to point B. You know it's a sequel, right? That's... That's what I mean. The Shining to Dr. Sleep. That's how they got to one to the other. It just it, sounded, the way that you said that, it made it sound like you didn't know that it was a it's sequel. It's a sequel? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, 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 kind of, I kind of agree with you on that. I feel like a lot of what, a lot of the creative process for me is just li- consuming a lot of media, whether it be reading a lot, listening to a lot of podcasts. And for me, I think one of the most important things about world building especially is like history or, or at least reading and learning about history. And, you know, I mean, I, I've, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast previously, but Dan Carlin is and hardcore history is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. It's always good. And he's always such a, like a provocateur when it comes to stuff like that. I literally drop whatever I'm doing and listen to his newest podcast. I don't have that set up on any other podcast, but his, when a new one comes out, I'm like, guess I've just lost five hours of my life because a new Dan Carlin episode came out. Damn. Well, it's an event. It comes out like once every six months. But but beyond Dan Carlin, I feel like uh, reading and learning about history is really important because you get an idea of how and why things kind of come together and work. And it's it's like such a rich vein of creative energy. Like... I, I don't know. Like there's, there's obviously stuff that I've just blatantly stolen from and like reworked or like kind of twisted or like maybe take the concept for and just shift it around. And then that's how you come up with really fun, interesting ideas. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I think that's interesting and different about the way that uh world building works, at least in this context is that normally, you know, when you're writing something, right. Um, it's a solo process. So you might, you're absorbing information just like we're talking about, but you're having to mediate that with yourself and with the the genre in general. But in this kind of world building, it comes closer to what role playing really is and that it's kind of a yes and experience. So everyone's coming to the table, they're shooting things at the wall like you might in a writer's room and you don't really know what the result is, but you want that sudden common insight where you're like, oh, that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that yes and approach that comes from improv. There's something about the aha moment where we look at each other and we're like, oh, that's such a cool right. idea. Where like that that's like the feeling that I love. And I love the collaborative experience as well. Like from the beginning, I mean it's called World Build with Us. I've always wanted a collaborative aspect to be kind of front and center when it comes to the podcast. I think it's cool. Like I think I mean it comes up with uh, with better material. So I'm thinking back to like a way a lot a lot of writers' rooms work now is they have a lot of consultants too. So like in Silicon Valley, there was something like I think 900 outside consultants. It's insane in the sense that they're able to to rely on all these different experts experts and and forms of resources. So when they get in that writing room, you know they have everything on the table they can play with. And so like the whole process of world building with a group is super fun because you don't know what's going to come out of it because you don't know what's in the other builders heads you know <laughs> and you don't get that singular uh, experience or point of view where it's just like mm, no like sorry i came up with this idea a little bit and i really want it to be kind of this thing right and you can convince me of otherwise but you're gonna have to convince me or keep some of what's there some of what i saw the george Lucas approach 
Yeah. Well, to be fair, George Lucas just fought with a lot of the people who knew better. Right. And that, and then you can obviously tell, like, George Lucas having free reign is where they're... That's <laughs> a problem. <laughs> exactly. Nothing but transitions. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and fucking, like, left swipes and right swipes. It's diversity and, of ideas is what makes it work. To be fair, yeah. the only reason George Lucas is even remotely as good as what he does is because he just blatantly wife. stole from Akira Kurosawa. Oh, I thought you were about to say, like, his wife's editing. That too. That also helps it's immensely. Good. But no... That he all of his good ideas come from Kurosawa. Like, come on. Anyway, uh, I'm not getting into that right now. That's that. I know that's like that's not actually. Now true. you're gonna get some hate mail. Yay! Yeah, whatever, hate mail me. finally. Yeah. Oh, death threats! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the concept of like uh, Fox and the Hedgehog. Yep. Uh, with storytelling and uh, world building or anything, it's kind of it, it's from an old poem, and I think I forget the guy's name, but Isaiah something. Uh, he was talking about how a fox knows many things, uh, a groundhog knows one big thing. And I've seen that that's true of everyone who I know who either creates stories, DMs, or does anything. It's either you focus on everything of the little details of where, like, every blade of grass needs a backstory or, like, the Tolkien-like approach, or... Ugh. Shut up! Or you do it as, this is my big concept, I'm not going to explain any of it fuck you, it's magic, or it's science fiction, you're going into this direction. That random soldier, never gonna come up again. It's why I didn't give him a name. He was soldier in the hallway who said, yes, sir, just get on with your damn life. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we kind of have both approaches down because I feel like we go with... I mean, if you look at how we started, we were like, all right, what do you want to do for a world? I don't know. And then, like, went from there, and then we've we've refined it. And the idea, like, but but what's funny is, like, that core idea of, like, hey, let's just have a world where there's a bunch of gods that's come together and, like, everyone, like, there's just, like, these little fiefdoms where, you know, where, like, gods are real and they're in these objects. Like, that that idea has never changed. Yeah. It just evolved and kind of we've grown, you know, like, more and more with it. I mean, it's 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 akin to the concept. So, like in, in writing, when you're when you're approaching putting together, say, a manuscript, you typically a writer either does a co- either pantsing, meaning kind of figures it out as he goes along, or he plots, so he has a, a very detailed like plan for the story. But here, it's kind of like pantsing with a backbone, because like you're saying, like there's that backbone of like this is the concept of the world, but you're pantsing your way, you know, it's through each concept. Yeah, yeah I've heard yeah. gardening or yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, I know it is swooping. I, yeah, there's so many words for it. There's, there, there's two types of writers. There's swoopers and bangers, <laughs> where it's like the swoopers, they're just like, they vomit out as much <laughs> material as possible, and then they pick out the good pieces, and bangers just sit there and it's like, okay, I have one sentence in an hour, but it's the, a very well-constructed sentence. Hmm. And I, I, I can tell that we're obviously more swoopers than bangers, because, I mean, like, we, I mean, I ramble. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. Well, it's funny. Like in writing, I'm more of like the plotter who will, will, will be stuck with a page after a, a long time because I plotted so much. But in this experience, I like to be a pantser because when you get to bounce it off of other people, your idea grows with each bounce. You it's know? snowball effect for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Or when you hit a, a block, someone's going to be like, wait a minute. Yes. But what if they were building a mountain? Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, we. I, I feel like. You can you can definitely tell when we have ideas and we like because one of us will be quiet for a while and they're like holy shit wait a minute there's something really interesting going on here and then and then all of a sudden like all after I'm done rambling some will be like hey now that you're done I've got an interesting idea you know you've been talking for the last ten minutes that's fine 
I've got a good idea. <laughs> it gives us time to think. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all I gotta say. We don't have that talent, you know. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I've in twelve years of sales, you get really, really good at talking and filling air. Because man, you know, it's really awkward when it's you and another person that you oh, barely God. know. Dead air. Just staring. I at have each other. used that my comfortability with uh, dead air to get people to leave. Or you oh, can make them yeah. make them buy things that way just by staring at them. Until they buy it. Or, you know, when they when they reach the point of where it's just like, listen, there's nothing more I can do to help you, so... <laughs> so just go away. Now that I've said that, I'm going to stare at you. I like doing that in, like, conference calls, where I'm like, I just want this call to end, <laughs> oh, so I'm just not no. going to speak until the other person, like, gives up uncomfortably. <laughs> All right. Hopefully none of your clients listen. <laughs> <laughs> they know who they are, the ones that deserve this. <laughs> You know who you are. It's it's the nonverbal. Are you done? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You no. You're done. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of, are you done? Uh, nothing. Again, my, my segues <laughs> that you? go nowhere. That's that's kind of my thing. <laughs> Empty segues. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Segues that go nowhere. The other thing that I really there are so many great websites that I should give credit for but don't that are just like treasure troves of ideas like. Basically, all of r slash RPG is, like, a valuable, like, resource for for pretty much anything that we do in world building. Strangely enough, the r slash world building subreddit is mostly just filled with 12-year-olds, like, drawing, like, something that's kind of cool that fits in their quote-unquote It begins with my world. Unless they're listening to this, in which case I'm sure they're one of the good ones. Probably. I mean, they would know if their stuff is crap until it's too late, in which case, I mean, we've already got you, so anyway... Uh, no, but but stuff like the Alexandrian is a great great website that I always recommend. I've I've shared stuff with you guys before, but th- that's the thing is like when you engage with like the mechanics of how world building works, when you sit down and read about how this stuff works, it actually makes you a better world builder, but just by virtue. I mean, like I have a couple of books by Wolfgang Bauer on world building, and I would recommend sitting down and reading some of those essays at some point. They're all pretty good. Some of them are like, well, yeah, duh. But I, again, that's probably because I've just been doing this for as long as I have that I, I can tell you honestly, I don't think I've ever run a campaign where I didn't world build in some way. Like I've never run a preset generated world game at all. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm like, that might be kind of a fun, interesting way to do it. It's fun to take your own uh, way with it. Well, yeah. But Wait, do you it, mean it would be fun to run a pre-generated one? Yeah, because I feel like, okay, at that point, I'm just focusing on the What's game there? and, like, the plot itself. Uh-huh. But there's something that's, like... It well, doesn't scratch my itch, right? Yeah, right, yeah. But I also uh-huh. guarantee you, any player, if you allow them the amount of freedom that you've done before, they will take it somewhere where that gets thrown It won't work thrown anymore out. in the module. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I've but... done that before where people have just, like, all right, this is what's going to happen. I'm just, like... You just blew up the town. That town was really important. Are you well, talking about that Fallout game where you like set up months of uh, quests for the Brotherhood of Steel and everyone is like, we don't want to go to the Brotherhood of Steel. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to talk about like world building in general, one thing I think that's important too to remember is that we you world build for a purpose. So you mentioned our world building generally being kind of a wasteland. And that's because, maybe because there's a lot of immature writers there that haven't really written anything yet. But part of it is because... 
you can't world build for the sake of world building, right? So like we're world building with the idea in mind that you could play in this world and make a specific story in it, right? right. Or you could write a story in this world. So like when you when you run a game, you know, you're dealing with a handful of characters and a, and a single goal potentially that's very narrow in scope. And that's where really the, the story happens. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of creating the lattice work so you can create the actual thing that happens. Exactly. And I and I think that actually creating the lattice work is, is super fun. And also just to clarify, R slash world building is not a wasteland. <laughs> I'm the contrarian, so I'm gonna say it. Because there no, no no, it's not a it's not a wasteland. <laughs> it is it's totally fine. It's just that it's not the type of content that I want. For some reason, R slash world building is like there are a bunch of like here is like Again, I apologize if this is you. This send, is, send me the hate mail. Yeah, yeah, no, this is really not what I'm into. But it's like, I made this is the image for a fantasy world flag that I made. I'm like, that's not okay. helpful. Like, yeah, it's like okay, great. But looking at artwork, usually like uh, just a destroyed NASA starship that's been overgrown by trees and everything. So something like that usually makes me go just like, oh, that would be pretty cool that's to true. do like a yeah. space See, station that when you say it like that yeah. that's cool yeah but i'm talking about like okay this what, is my flag here, here's right. my furry the, mc main character yeah, which exactly. they refer to them there honestly i i'm cool with like look if you want to show off main character art that's totally i i understand that but putting it in the world building sub is right yeah. that's what i, I mean i'm like okay why is that world building what what about that is world building the, if you the gave the story of how it got the red the yellow yeah, stripes or anything then we can talk about it. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a Quora the thread about world building. I think it is a Quora that has a really good one where it's more like, here's a concept. How could this work? You know, but from a science fiction perspective, that's I, interesting. I think that's what I'm more interested. Yeah. I'm not interested in like, hey, let's draw a continent or like, hey, this is my map. I'm like, I've never seen a map and been inspired by something. Yeah. When I when I world build, I want to world build with like, look, these are like my, my express desire whenever I sit down and do the podcast is... I want somebody to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, that's a cool idea. I'm going to steal this or I'm going to use this aspect or whatever. I do not feel inspired when I sit down and look at a map. I've never sat and looked at a map and felt like, wow, that's really cool. Except for the United States of America. You can't see it, but I'm <laughs> Sometimes looking at a map, and the reason that I like sometimes drawing out a map is to be like, okay, these two people would fight because they have shared borders. This person would fight because uh, if they're going to fight, it would be a naval-style warfare to deal with. Something like that is... Having the geography down sometimes does help. I, I understand that, but you're really not looking for inspiration at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at that point, you've kind of got... Like, you're, now you're looking for hooks more than anything else. Yeah. I think that's a little bit different. Inspirational hooks. So, you mean, sure. there you're, like, kind of, like, giving reason to what's in the map. More or less. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, every now and then it can also be like uh, in our last episode where we're just like, this area is a little bit empty. Mm. What can we put in it? Right. Or like the other thing that I really try and do, it's like, hey, what are we missing? Like if there's a glaring, obvious thing that we don't have, why isn't it there? And what can we do to kind of evoke that? You know, like that's really important for us to, I, I don't know. I feel like if you want verisimilitude, if you want your world to feel real, it has to feel as though like, oh yeah, this thing existed all at once you can't just be like slapdash like tossing shit all together and like hope it you know like it can't it can't work like that it, it, 
I mean, the other thing too is like, and this points to how you can make uh, the pieces that you're building make sense in a larger context. I, I, I like to think of it as like economy of language. So like, say you have like Lord of the Rings, a typical example, you know, like what, what, what binds a lot of the random ideas in Lord of the Rings together is literally the language like the way he names things. Right. So you can do that in different ways. So if you have a world, you know, like in this case where there's these religious objects, you know, and there's people who have a relationship to their gods, throughout all the things you build, it should be pervasive. Some aspect of that pollutes other ideas and that ends up connecting them. Absolutely. Also, I am fine with making a very detailed alphabet and language (laughs) for the forgotten. Do it. Oh, like Quaaleth, like the Olithids? No, I feel like I can do it. Do it. I, well, to be I fair, anything it. that you write that's an alphabet is going to come out looking yeah. squiggly anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. I yeah. was born for this. <laughs> you say that until you sit down and you're like, oh, this is hard because I can't even duplicate what I did in the first place. No, that's part of it. Hey, when I was oh when I was like, I don't know, 16 or whatever, whatever age it was that we took like Latin in, in high school, we I took like the old, like I took... Uh, Tolkien language converted it to Latin so I could generate a separate language from it. <laughs> and this is why we have Daniel Quinn on our podcast. Sindar? He's a huge fucking nerd. Yeah, and that was like, it, it was like, I, I wanted to make a new language, so I needed like a way to con- to convert the language. So I used Lord of the Rings as an inspiration to use Sindarin, Latin as a way to convert it to another language. It's ridiculous. Quinya? 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 Do you Le- remember which one you used? La Quinta? Oh no, I mean, I don't, I don't mean that I used the actual language. I mean, I... I, the way that he constructed a grammar in a language, I said, okay, well, if I use Latin, I can oh. write this Flash app that converts a Latin word and Latin syntax to this fake language. <laughs> oh, wait. I have used something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it wow. worked. I hope that wasn't yours. That would be really... <laughs> All right, and with that very nerdy conversation out of the way... Go on yeah, places. <laughs> um, one thing that I did want to talk about pretty quickly when we are talking about world building in general and the podcast... Uh, I did want to have an aside in kind of like our mission statement type thing, because I wanted to make sure that when we talk about really, because we're world building and, you know, like ideas fly and stuff flies, but I also want to make sure that people who are listening understand that we have the best of intentions in mind. Like I understand that there are certain topics and certain ideas that can be uh, very sensitive, uh, especially when it comes to anything related to racism, sexism colonialism classism classism uh, ableism all your isms oh yeah i mean yeah let, let's get the isms out of the way and also slavery like i think it's important to understand that when we approach world building it's coming from like a history building context and that we're not shying away from it because there are things that we can talk about here from what is essentially a safe place and we can talk about the horrors of slavery and not have it have the same con- the same context and the same baggage that kind of comes with where we are in the real world. So when we, we, we might talk flippantly about certain subjects, but know that we are aware and are conscious of what we're talking about. And so if you think that there's a problem, if you find anything in the podcast to be slightly problematic or you know whatever, I'd love to create a dialogue that we can talk about stuff like that. Because I think it's important that we are aware of this type of thing and also we can talk about it because, I mean, that's what we're here for. And because we're world building, we want to have fun. It's a fantasy world. We don't want to have people who are fucking miserable listening to our fantasy world podcast. God damn it. Well, and the other thing, too, is like in a writer's room, you have to have the, the leeway and the flexibility to 
speak openly. And sometimes that means not using the correct terminology or having it at hand. Yeah, and so, you know, like when we were in this writer's room, that's what you have to do in order to like get at the idea. And maybe then after you've grappled with it, you can discuss the implications. But, you know, whenever we approach any kind of building of a story, you can't go in with your hands cuffed. Otherwise, you're not going to accomplish anything. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think that's kind of important to, to kind of realize as well. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like we're sitting there being like, oh, I wish we could have said. Like, I know, no, right. We're, we're really trying to keep hate and any kind mm-hmm. of uh, bad language and any kind of bad feelings away from this. This should yeah. be a pure, fun experience. When we talk about slavery from a historical context, especially when it comes to the world building aspect, the best thing about slavery in fantasy worlds is that you get to kick the shit out of slavers. That's the best thing. It's like such an easy, it's, it's like Nazis. You know what makes an easy, great villain? Nazis and slavers. We're never going to sit there and be like, you know who's kind of right? The slavers are kind of right. <laughs> no. Never going to happen, Christopher. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that character was completely appropriate for the culture in which he grew up in. Anyway, Uh-oh. No. <laughs> My point is, right, like, I want it to be known that if there is some kind of an issue or if you feel like there is a line that's been crossed... We're here to create a dialogue. We're here to be open. We're here to talk about it. And I mean, realistically, I have no problem retconning shit. If it's really that bad or if we've erred in some major way, fuck it. It's not that important. Anyway, sorry to bring down the nerd shit, but I really want to make sure that that's important and upfront and we're just right there with it. But also going back to the Tundra episode, I suddenly want to appropriate a lot of Inuit folklore. Yeah, let's not do that. (laughs) Yeah, let's not do that, though. Damn it. Yeah. But yeah, that's the other thing is that we want to make sure that we're being, uh, you know, when we steal stuff, it's not like we're appropriating cultures or anything like that. Just, uh, I think that we should, if we're going to get to that part, just file the numbers down enough where, you know, we can get it to that. And yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, one of the things with appropriation that makes a distinction is that when you think of the uproar, say, with like Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling, the, oh. the reason why it's a problematic for the people who claim that it is is because she's kind of rewriting the purpose of, of the, those cultures and what those cultures represented yes. for her own purposes. It does Whereas, have a real world context. Yeah, right. So so here we're just trying to adopt them so we can springboard from it rather than re- supplant them, which I think is the issue in, in J.K. Rowling's. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid point. All right, now that the terrible... See, we snuck this in at the end because it's like the terrible political talk that like, mm. man, we hope that they, you know, if they're sensitive to it, they can skip it, whatever. Anyway... Uh, we just want to make that really clear. I I think that's from where I am. I think being kind to each other and loving one another is way more important than being like, gross. Yeah. What? 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 Oh no. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Also, there's a whole historical context to where it's like, it comes mostly from a Judeo Christian, like patriarchal Mm -hmm. society, which again, we will get into at some other point. I'm not really interested in in kind of broaching that subject right now. What are gods? No, no, no. The idea of a lot of the cultural norms that we have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think that uh, (laughs) I think with that like very dicey subject, I feel like we should probably end it there. This is going to be a little bit of a short episode, as you can probably tell. If you continue to listen to us. Thanks. Yeah. No, uh, honestly, like uh, the support that we receive from our community is super important to us. We are an incredibly small podcast, but again, like we love hearing feedback from you guys, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, with a new idea or a criticism or, you know, like maybe something we missed, 
anything that you want to contribute, we're here to listen and we love hearing from you guys. So if you want to contribute anything, if you have any questions, if you want to send us some feedback, go ahead and email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. And we send hate mail. Yes, and hate mail too. Fuck it. I mean, this, if you think this, we're... You know, I purposely didn't bring up the death threats and hate mail this episode. Yeah, that's fine. No, if you want to call us all, you know, like libtard snow cucks, that's fine. <laughs> snow Do cucks? It. I know, snow cucks should be that's a thing, good. right? Like that, that sounds great. Because it's, uh, it's snowflake and yeah. cuck at the snow cuck. It's double the yeah, double the insult. I'm gonna one. I'm gonna toss that out in some conservative yeah. circles. And See be how like, they feel about it. Well, it. I was yeah. actually yeah. really upset that no one ever ran with abomination. Oh, how but come? I never really? heard it once because because oh. it's too long. Oh, it's too yeah. long and it's hard to spell. Oh bummer. Super quick. Come on, this is an abomination. <laughs> abomination. Abomination oh, also sounds, sounds like, like a villain. Yeah, it's we gotta bring oh, it does sound kind of cool. So we can make up these terms. What? We gotta bring Obama back just so we can make up these terms. Can he I'm be sure the conservatives president? can get on board for that, right? <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, I am here, Rob Hilferty, here with our new permanent special guest, Daniel Quinn. <laughs> Still special guest. Still special guest. We'll continue to be a special guest. As well as uh, Chris Prunty. I'm just special. You're very <laughs> special. Uh, until we hear from you next time, be well, be safe, and remember that we love you very much. <laughs>